0: Welcome back to another edition of the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. I'm your podcast host, Jonathan Warner, and today we are going to talk about what was an interesting weekend of college basketball. We had some really good, you know, basketball games at Duke, North Carolina, Seton Hall, Villanova, uh, Maryland, won at Illinois, rare road win for Mark Turgeon and the bunch. Uh, we'll get into that, but of course we have to start out with the bracket reveal Uh, and I'll get into some of the takeaways I have from the bracket reveal Uh, but before getting into that I do ask uh, that you do rate review uh, subscribe to the podcast you know just leave a nice review Uh, it helps the podcast grow you know see new people Uh, so if you could do that that would be greatly appreciated and now let's get into You know, my big takeaways from the bracket reveal. Uh, We're going to start, you know, from the one line. The big shocker, I think, was Gonzaga being over San Diego State. Uh, I think the message here was they clearly value Gonzaga's, you know, overall wins more than they value San Diego State's wins, you know, to this point. I don't necessarily see it the same way. But uh, that's how the committee values it. And the other thing I I personally like about San Diego State's resume is that they do not have a loss. Uh, that is something you know. If you go undefeated, you should be rewarded, in my opinion. And it's not like they played Wichita State's you know competition from I think it was 2014 where. You know, their toughest opponent was Alabama. No, this they have played legitimate good opponents. They beat Iowa. They beat Creighton. Both those teams are really good basketball teams. Uh, BYU as well. Uh, and to be undefeated at this point in the season, I think that warranted the three seed over Gonzaga. Uh, that's not how the committee saw it that way. Uh, but that's the way it is. They do have to go if the you know, seedings hold up. They do have to go to New York, and would likely play Duke because uh, I think Duke is probably going to end up being that fifth overall seed, that number two seed, uh, like it is right now. Uh, if the season ended today, they would be playing Duke. That's a tough. You know, if San Diego State does get to the Elite Eight, uh, we're not really all that sure they will get there. Uh, that would be a very, very tough matchup in the Elite Eight, basically a road game uh, against Duke. Uh, that's always tough uh, if they were able to you know, see that matchup through. Getting into two line, uh, Duke at five, Dayton at six, I think both those were pretty obvious. Uh, both teams were going to be on the two line. Uh, Louisville at seven, I had them on the three line. I've... You know that win at Duke, I think the committee very much valued that as a you know excellent win. Uh, you know, and they have a really good record. They've taken care of business, not lots, the games they're not supposed to. I, you know, I'm not sure they're quite too seed level when you look at teams like Maryland or Seton Hall. I think those teams are better than you know Louisville, uh, but. You know That's the way the committee sees it, and it's not my biggest complaint. My bigger complaint on the two-line is West Virginia being there. I don't really see the reasoning for them being on the two-line. Uh, and I think you look at it, Maryland, I think, after beating Illinois on Friday, should have been there. I don't think they made a contingency bracket, uh, like they said. And here's, you know... A conspiracy theory? Why, you know, that's true. Uh, Andy Katz, who was at the Villanova Seton Hall game, interviewed uh, the selection committee. You know, following their decision, uh, and it was clearly done at nighttime. They had kind of a night bra- background to it. Uh, and you know, while they said, "Yeah, we had we made a contingency bracket." I don't really take them at their ward for that. I think if, you know, Maryland and Illinois played on Thursday, they Maryland would be on the two-line instead of West Virginia. West Virginia goes out and loses to Oklahoma anyway, so uh, they obviously would be a quick move down. I think Seton Hall, you know, they have so many good wins. Uh, just add the Villanova win to that. I think they're a deserving... Uh, two seed, but the committee didn't see it that way. Uh, they had actually had them behind Florida State, which you know I like Florida State as a team. I think they're a sleeper Final Four team. I don't know if they necessarily have earned the three seed unless you're just overvaluing uh, the win at Louisville, which I think might be the case. Uh, I would much rather though have a team like Seton Hall who has eight quadrant one wins. Uh, and you know, you had the Villanova win, a uh, couple really elite wins. They beat Maryland. I would rather have Seton Hall on the two line uh, as opposed to, you know, West Virginia or Florida State. Uh, Florida State's on the three line, and I think they probably end up staying there. Moving to the fours, uh, Auburn, I think, you know, having them over Butler was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, I would have personally had Butler over Auburn. Uh, just because they have, you know, played a better strength of schedule. They have better wins to this point in the season. I would have had Butler over Auburn. Uh, but the Kamei, you know, values not losing, I think, a little bit. They've kind of contradicted themselves on different occasions when valuing losses. They haven't valued, you know, losing games you're not supposed to as much. Uh, but they value maybe Losing too many games, uh, which I guess is the way the committee is going to go about it this year. Uh, Michigan State had no business being on the four line. Losing to Penn State was the last straw for me. I don't really see this team, you know, being a four seed. I think you know you could put Iowa, you could put Penn State, you could have even put Kentucky there. I didn't see Michigan State though having the resume that warranted being on the four line. And of course, as you know, they're releasing this. They of course lose to Michigan. Uh, so that was a quick drop from the four to the six line for me. Uh, going into today's bracketology, uh, you know, just moving forward. No real big takeaways, you know, elsewhere. I think I got all that rant in. Uh, my big takeaway, though, you know, Michigan State didn't belong. In this, uh, Seton Hall, Maryland, I think both those teams were kind of underseeded. Uh, and besides that, uh, move on to uh, talking about the actual games that took place on this weekend, uh, because there were a lot of really good games. Going to of course start with Maryland beating Illinois on Friday. Uh, the Terrapins now take sole possession of the f- of first place. In the Big Ten, this is a major win for this Maryland program. Uh, And, you know, they kind of got behind early and had to claw their way back. They, you know, got it close at halftime, took, you know, the early lead in the second half. Illinois didn't really, you know, get anything going offensively. And Maryland comes away with a really good basketball win. Uh, This is the type of win that in years past Mark Turgeon has simply never been able to get this type of win. He gets it this year. I'm not, you know, sold on them being a Final Four caliber team just yet. But you know, you get Jalen Smith. He has been playing so great as of late. Anthony Cowan. We know he's a big time shot maker. You get this type of performance going on, on a consistent basis. I think Maryland, you know, could maybe get into that Final Four category. Uh, that we're talking about here. Moving on to Saturday's games, uh, we're going to start out. Auburn beats LSU 91 to 90. This was a thriller. Uh, LSU led th- pretty much throughout. They were, you know, I think the better team, and they were playing like it throughout the game. But then Auburn, you know, in that arena, they started getting hot. Uh, Samir Dowdy made a couple shots. Uh, and they find a way to force overtime. They get out to a really good start in overtime. LSU storms back, uh, but Javon McCormick, the floater to seal it in overtime. Just a really good basketball game between two teams I think are pretty evenly matched. You know, from a talent perspective. You know, this is the type of win for Auburn I think is, you know, really going to help propel them into, you know. The elite consideration, you know, just these past three games, you know, beating Kentucky, beating LSU, winning at Arkansas, those are the type of wins that elite teams uh, get. I wasn't sold on Ar- at Auburn, you know, coming into this game, uh, but you know, to beat Kentucky, then to beat a really good Arkansas team on the road, and then to beat LSU. That is a three-headed monster of wins that is going to carry them far, you know, as the season goes along. I think puts them more in that category of the Kentuckys of the World. You know, teams you can think can actually make a run in the NCAA tournament. Just a really good win for this Auburn bunch. Moving on, Michigan beat Michigan State. Michigan really, you know, had control throughout this game. It was kind of a Boring game, I guess, to watch. Uh, not a whole lot, you know, went on. Uh, but Michigan, you know, pretty much, you know, jumped to, you know, buzzer. Was the better basketball team. Isaiah Livers played, which is, you know, a good sign going forward. Xavier Simpson had a good game. Just a really good overall performance for Michigan. And as for Michigan State, you know, there's starting to seep in a few questions. Uh, we'll see if they can maybe bounce back from this. But the Spartans really don't look good right now. And they'll need that to change sooner rather than later. Uh, the big story, though, of course, from the weekend, Bob Knight makes his return to Indiana. Uh, he goes out onto midcourt, you know, starts yelling, Defense! or something like that. Uh, just a really good scene. And, you know, for Bob Knight, you know, kind of, you know, thought of as a miserable old grunge to him to return to Indiana. Really, you know, it shows he's kind of moved on into, you know, this later part of his life. And is really good for an Indiana, you know, faithful that have been wanting Bob Knight to return to Indiana for a while. Purdue, though, comes away with the victory. They win 74-62. to 62. Uh, Just a complete performance from the bol- Boilermakers. You know, you got Sasha Stefanovic, Eric Hunter Jr., Aaron Wheeler. All those three players, you know, stepped up for the Boilermakers on the road to help them win this game. You know, they didn't need Matt Harms, Travion Williams, really, to, you know, overpower teams inside uh, like they have done in the past and just a really good win for Purdue uh, as they move further off the bubble at this point in the season. Another big win from this weekend came as Oklahoma beat West Virginia 69 to 59. Christian Doolittle stepped up in this game, had 27 points, 12 rebounds, uh, and Oklahoma you know really had control of this game. From the tip, basically, this is a really good win for Oklahoma. I think, it, you know, coming into this game, there was, you know, real questions: Is Oklahoma even a tournament team? They showed it in this game, uh, and they pick up a nice win. The win of the day on Saturday, though, of course, came as Seton Hall went on the road and beat Villanova, 70 to 64. Miles Powell had a, you know, pretty good Miles Powell game. Uh, Made a couple big shots. Sandro Mamukalashvili had a big game for uh, the Pirates. He had 17. Really kind of made the plays late for the Pirates to help them, you know, kind of secure the win. Quincy McKnight had a good game himself. Uh, And this is just a Seton Hall team, you know, with three, four really good players uh, with Powell, McKnight, Sandro, Romero Gill, uh, and you know, a bunch of really, you know, good guards. You got Jared Roden off the bench who's, you know, stepped up and played big. I'm a really big Jared Roden fan. I think he's a really good player. Shavar Reynolds, you know, had seven points off the bench. This is just a really deep Seton Hall team that has a lot of guys that can, you know, play, you know, and produce for this Pirates team. And, of course, you have Miles Powell, who is a National Player of the Year candidate. You know, just a really good Seton Hall team. And for them to win this game, they now move three games ahead in the Big East standings. Uh, And, you know, they're well on their way to winning the Big East this year. It would take some sort of collapse for them not to win the Big East at this point in the season. And I reasonably think the Pirates are... A Final four caliber team, I would say you know, you look at teams that can win the national championship. I think you start with Baylor, Gonzaga, and Kansas, those are the three teams you put one, two, and three uh, in terms of teams capable of winning the national championship. Uh, but at four, it starts to tail off, and you can reasonably make an argument. Seton Hall is the fourth best team in the country. I don't know if I would rank them number four, but uh, if you tell me they're in the final four, uh, they're winning the national championship, that would not surprise me in the least. They have an elite player in Miles Powell. They've got a really good overall core. Just a really, really good team, this Seton Hall Pirates team is. And it shows as they go on the road and beat a very good Villanova team, one that really needed this win. Uh, And the Pirates get the victory in this one. Moving on, Missouri took down Arkansas. They won a 379. Arkansas starting to, you know, fade back into, you know, the preseason expectations. I still think they're, you know, comfortably in the NCAA tournament for now. But they still got to win a few games coming in. And can't afford to take too many more losses like this one to Missouri. Uh, moving on, Texas Tech beat Texas. Texas was up 16 in the second half, and they, you know, blow the game just in total Texas fashion. The Red Raiders, I think they're a good team. They struggle a little bit offensively in this game, but still able to come away with the win. Uh, and I think Texas Tech is well on their way to showing they might, you know, move back into the top 25 here. Relatively quickly. Scary situation as uh, Oscar De Silva fell on his head uh, as the Stanford Cardinal were playing Colorado. It appears he is okay, which is really good not news going forward. Uh, as for the game, Stanford had a big lead until uh, the Oscar De Silva injury. I'm not going to really count it as too big of a resume knock for the Cardinal that they. Lose A-174, uh, just a real bummer for De Silva uh, and Stanford as a whole, uh, and they're unable to come away with a win at Colorado, which, one, they kind of needed, and two, I think they had firm control of it until uh, De Silva was injured. Uh, we're hoping he's, you know, okay and gets back, you know, to health, you know, Speedy recovery, but a full recovery is, you know, what we're hoping for here. Uh, And we would like to see him back on the court, you know, sometime, you know, this year. Uh, I'm not sure the total extent how long he would be out, uh, but, you know, at least for me, I'm wanting him to be on the court uh, sometime, you know, later this year to help the Cardinal, you know, get to the NCAA tournament because they badly need him inside. Moving on, uh, maybe the game of the day. Uh, of course, it, it comes Duke, North Carolina. This this game, you know, coming into it, there was not a lot of hype. And uh, it over exceeded the expectation. I think, you know, I will not go as far to, you know, say it warranted, you know, even College game day being there, I don't think it you know warranted that. I don't think it warrants, you know, some people are calling it the game of the year. Uh, I would, you know, not call it that. It wasn't really the game of the year. Uh, just a wacky way, though, to end the game. Uh, and Duke comes away with a 98-96 to 96 win at North Carolina. North Carolina had so many opportunities to win the game late. Uh, whether it's a missed free throw, a uh, couple missed free throws down the stretch in both regulation and overtime, may a couple turnovers. Duke comes away uh, a wacky, fluky play. Trey Jones, you know, misses a free throw, gets the ball back and puts up a two to send the game to overtime. Then a tip in by Wendell Moore uh, as time expires gives the Blue Devils a 98 to 96 win. Uh, this is a win the Blue Devils you know really needed, uh, and as for North Carolina, look if they win this game, you know they could maybe go finish like you know six of six and seven down the stretch and maybe get an at-large bid. Uh, but I think that's you know firmly out the window after this loss. Uh, I, I don't really see them being able to win like all their remaining games which is what they would need to do and at that i don't think they're really an ncaa tournament team at this point ucla beat arizona 65 to 52 just a solid win for the ucla bruins uh, and mick cronin has kind of turned this program around mid-season uh, and they're playing much better as pac 12 play goes along as for arizona uh, I really don't think this team's all that good. Uh, they do win at both the Washington schools last week, but then, of course, lose to UCLA this week and almost you know, lost to USC earlier in the week. Uh, I think Arizona's a tournament team, but I don't think they're you know, a Final Four contender. I don't think this is anywhere near Arizona's best team under Sean Miller. Gonzaga beat St. Mary's 90-60, just a complete performance from the Zags, uh, and they look really good. Oregon lost at Oregon State 63-53. Oregon State is a tough place to play, uh, and you know it's a loss that's understandable, but it's also one for Oregon. Uh, if you're going to consider yourself a national title contender, you can't be losing these type of games. Uh, you know this is the type of game you know you get in the round of 32 and you're playing like northern Iowa let's say and you know you take them for granted all of a sudden you're you know out in the round of 32. Uh, That's you know kind of why I equate it to uh, that could even be you know first round game for Oregon because they're slipping you know I think they're probably on the five line right now they could you know, if they keep losing a couple of these games here, they could slip to the six or seven line, and that makes it much tougher to get to the final four from that position. Arizona State beat USC 66-64. Uh, the Sun Devils, I think, are getting closer to being in the at-large discussion following this win. Uh, still work to do, but they're, you know, on they're moving the needle for me. Moving on to today's game, Cincinnati dropped a tough one to UConn at the buzzer, basically. Uh, You know, a good win for Dan Hurley, but a tough loss for Cincinnati as they, you know, kind of look more like a team that would end up on the wrong side of the bubble following this one. Marquette beat Butler, you know, pretty much start to finish. They controlled the game against Butler. Uh... They come away with the win. Marcus Howard didn't need to be all that great. Brendan Bailey stepped up. Just a really good overall team win for the Golden Eagles. Wisconsin beat Ohio State 70-57. Solid win for the Badgers. Houston took down Wichita State 76-43. The Shockers, this is a loss that's going to hurt their metrics. Uh, And they look like a team that maybe could be Missing the NCAA tournament following this one. Still think they're in, but definitely work to do. Uh, and then Wreckers, uh, the last game of the day, ekes out a 77-73 win against Northwestern. Uh, this is a win the Scarlet Knights really needed, uh, and they come away with it. Thank you for joining the, making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. Uh, we'll be back later this week to discuss some of the games that take place Uh, so stay tuned